Allez, donne-la Il est rendu à la surface de réparation Ravien Pastore, il a frappé Good hello to you! This is the Alternative Football Show on the left side, and I'm Jim, guiding you through an infestation of the very best footy news that you will not have seen on your TV highlight show. This week, Jose Font became the first ever man to win both the European Championships and the Johnson's Paint Trophy. Jamie Vardy, the gauntlet has been thrown down, sir. Coming up on this week's show, a bad week for Leo Messi. It's all talk in the city of Manchester, and why we can all go back to being English again. But first, why insects are the undisputed star of the European Championships. It was the big one. The culmination of a month-long festival of football that's seen goals, tears, jeers and a fair few incredibly forgettable games of international football. Hosts France faced off against Portugal, who have somehow bored their way to the final by only winning one game during normal time in the entire tournament. It perhaps says much about the game that the unwitting star of the grand finale was a moth. Before kickoff, the Stade de France was inundated with swarms of shit butterflies, all because of a pretty schoolboy error from the ground staff. We're not the only ones who uh, want to flutter on this particular game because uh, there's been a moth infestation. <laughs> Apparently they left the lights on last night. Oh, they need footballs and mothballs this evening. Jesus. I've woken up to scenes that you'd liken to a moth-based horror film just for leaving a 40-watt bulb on overnight, so... Leaving the stadium lights on as a clear signal to every wing-based insect in France that this is the place for a moth orgy is probably best described as an oversight. Only draping a few tasty-looking cardigans around the stadium would have made it more appealing. But it was one particular moth who made a bold bid for mothy stardom after landing on the eye of the Portuguese hero Cristiano Ronaldo as he sat on the turf KO'd from a French challenge presumably attracted to his eye's enigmatic twinkle. The internet, led on by numerous TV replays and slow-motion action shots, predictably went wild, with the Twitter account, Ronaldo's Moth, magically appearing and gaining over 7,000 followers in 40 minutes. Even Portuguese superstar singer Nelly Furtado got in on the action, tweeting a poetic ode to the heroic winged insect, writing... In the absence of moonlight, a moth moves to the next best thing. Man-made light. Ronaldo dares to be great and cares about something. Try it. You what, love? Pretty sure it was the floodlights they are attracted to. Anyway, the odds on her releasing a follow-up to I'm Like a Bird in the next few weeks have dramatically shortened. I'm like a moth, a London runny's eye. I could have landed on his ear. But I went through his cornea. But Ronaldo's tears of disappointment soon changed to tears of joy. And Ronaldo turned cheerleader, encouraging his team to victory. Now, one of my favourite things about the European Championships has been the superb, overexcited commentary from foreign TV pundits. And none have got more excited than the Portuguese version of Mark Lawrenson when Edda popped up with that winning goal. But actually, rather than inspirational... This just comes across as a bit annoying. Still going? Any chance of stopping? 
No, no, carry on, are we? Really going to town on this one, aren't you, lads? Going to finish anytime soon. It's only a 10-minute podcast. Be good to, you know, do some other stuff. Really going to town on this one, aren't you, lads? Still, still, still think you need to celebrate a bit more, do you? A bit more? Still a bit more? A little bit more? Still got a bit more celebrating to do. Not quite done. Anytime. Yeah, alright mate. I'm pretty sure I've heard noises like that coming from the flat above when the neighbours are making up after an argument. Far more pleasing than that was the reaction of South African striker Benny McCarthy, who was working as a TV pundit when the goal went in. contain his excitement. He was jumping around the studio and running back and forth. The most surprising thing for most fans wasn't that he was that bothered about Portugal winning, but given his performances in the Premier League, that he could run that fast. But what about our moth? Will its infamy live on? Yeah, I think so. And don't be surprised if you see him doing the rounds on a load of TV chat shows for the weeks to come. Please welcome my next guest, Ronaldo's moth. Bad week for Leo Messi. Not only did his arch nemesis Cristiano Ronaldo pretty much sew up the Ballon d'Or by winning the Euros, but he had a pretty crap week off the field too. The Barcelona striker was sentenced to 21 months in prison for tax fraud, which he must feel a bit hard done by for. If anyone was going to be done for fraud, it should have been the England football team pretending to be footballers for the last few weeks. Bloody hell. Anyway, it looks like he won't actually serve a minute of jail time because that's how the Spanish legal system seems to work. And after all, he's got quite a reputation for missing penalties recently. The weirdest thing to come out of the whole scenario was the reaction of the football club. Barcelona released a statement encouraging their fans to get behind Messi with the Twitter hashtag WeAreAllLeoMessi to show support for the multi-million pound footballer who decided that paying an extra four million in tax was, well, just a bit below him. They wanted to show he wasn't alone. It's a questionable campaign at best showing support and sympathy for a convicted criminal just because he's quite good at football. It's just a good job that Sunderland didn't have a similar idea, as I'm not sure we are all Adam Johnson would have really caught on. 
It's all happening in Manchester this week. Whilst most eyes were on the events at the European Championships, the wheels of change began to move in Manchester. With the arrival of City and United's new managers, Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho. Straight away, Jose got on with what he does best, being controversial. He blamed the club on Giggs' departure. He had an unprovoked pop at Arsene Wenger and essentially told Wayne Rooney, you ain't no footballer, sunshine. But my favourite part of his press conference was his response to the suggestion that he doesn't like to play young players. He even came up with a number. You know how many young players I promote to the first team from academies? 49. I did 49. And um, some of them, we are speaking about big names, players that are playing for national teams. And 49 is, is a lot. To illustrate the point, he had a bit of paper with all 49 players written down on it, which he accidentally spilt water on before he could show anyone in a move that will no doubt be copied by schoolchildren the world over who've forgotten to do their homework. It's unclear whether he was including on his list players who were once children. That would certainly bump the number up a little bit, wouldn't it? Uh, Didier Drogba, he was once a baby. Frank Lampard, also once a baby. Eden Hazard? He is still a baby. Pep, on the other hand, was a little more understated in his press conference, saying the things that the fans really wanted to hear and saying that all he can do as city manager is try. We are going to, to try to do our best. Maybe we'll not be able to win every day, but we're going to try and when it doesn't happen, something is going to happen. Hang on. Forget what he's saying for a moment and just listen to the background noise. When it doesn't happen, something is going to happen. Is that a duck? Something is going to happen. It's a duck at the press conference. Either City have installed a small ornamental duck pond into their training complex or the duck was a member of the Associated Press reporting back on Manchester City's new manager to the football-supporting duck community. Thanks, Pep. That's great you have Champions League ambitions. But what our readers really want to know is, why do you stand on bread? It wasn't just new managers on the way to Manchester. It was new players too, with ego on legs, Zlatan Ibrahimovic joining the Red Devils. Amazingly, the best quote of that whole saga didn't go to Zlatan himself, but to former King of Manchester, Eric Cantona, who summed up exactly how special the relationship can be between a player and their adoring public. I have a personal message for Zlatan. You decided to go red. It is the best choice you ever made. When you walk into the theater of dreams, when you feel the ghost of the legends who have been here before, when you score a goal right in front, straight for him, when you hear the crowd chanting your name, when your heart beats so strong, that it bursts out of your chest when you can feel that you will love them as much as they will love you. You will know, my friend, that finally you made it home. I just love that. And if Zlatan can leave half the impact on Old Trafford as King Cantona did, he'll be doing okay. Two thousand and sixteen will always be remembered as the time that everyone became Welsh. The Red Dragons' progress in Euro two thousand and sixteen caused everyone to get behind them, and it was an exciting journey of which every Welshman and wannabe Welshman should be proud. 
Not only did the team give their all on the pitch, but they gave it all off the pitch too. Not least Wales defender Chris Gunter, who was forced to miss his brother's wedding and give his best man speech via Skype because of his unexpected stay in France. That's by no means a bad thing. I mean, just being able to press a button and turn off a best man speech would certainly have saved some blushes at my wedding. First job of the best man is to say how beautiful the bridesmaids are, but before we do that, have you seen how fit Jim's mum's looking? <laughs> Definitely would. But clearly, inebriated Welshmen and TV screens are a popular combination. BBC pundit Robbie Savage popped up on BBC Breakfast after their victory against Belgium and had clearly been enjoying the post-match celebrations. Best performance by a Welsh side ever. You know, going back to that Robson cannibal, if Messi does a trick like that, the world talks about it for years. Robson Cannibal's a free agent, a free agent, hasn't got a club, last scored season. three goals in the championship last season, has put defenders to shame. Wales, they could win it. I bloody love you. Let's get a kebab. For a while, everyone was getting a bit overexcited about the whole Welsh thing. England fans were desperately seeking their Welsh heritage, shops were selling out of Wales shirts, and even Sir Alex Ferguson was getting a little bit carried away with it all. Wales' story is um, fantastic. No one could have made that, I tell you. The best film director in the world couldn't have fashioned what's happened. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that, Alex. I mean, film directors are pretty creative. I've seen Finding Nemo. That's about a talking fish. So I'm pretty sure they could come up with a story about whales playing football quite well. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Unfortunately, there was no Hollywood ending for Wales and they came unstuck in the semi-finals against Portugal, leaving behind a very proud and slightly emotional fan base, as demonstrated by Mark who called into radio station TalkSport. Honest to God, I don't know what to say, mate. Over the last two weeks, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Mm. And what we've got and what happened, nobody can ever, ever take that away from us as a nation. As a nation of a 3.5 million nation, I cannot believe that we have did what we have just did. Are you crying, Mark? It sounds like you're crying. I'm, I'm not crying because my missus telling me not to cry, but I am. I, everything's got to go out to the whole nation. So where we come from, for the small nation to do what we just did, it's absolutely phenomenal. And you can't explain it, you can't. You can't write it down, you can't print the words, you can't even write a story. Even Dylan Thomas with the poems he does, you can't even put it into perspective is just unbelievable now there's a lesson in emotional control when you promise you're not going to cry you will invariably start crying within the next 20 seconds or so there you go wales two weeks after you voted to leave europe you actually get to leave europe right that's it tournament is over and on the left side is off to a lamanga golf course for some warm weather training ahead of the new season we'll be back next month so make sure you've subscribed for free via itunes and you'll get the very first of our new season's podcasts dropping into your inbox as soon as it's cooked. I'm off to bleach my eyes, trying to remove the image of Cristiano Ronaldo dry-humping the European Championships trophy, because that's full-time. Littles! On the left side is a Paint Your Headphones production, and is presented by Jim Salverson. Hello, I'm Jim Salverson. Hi, I'm Jim Salverson. Salverson sounds weird. This week, Jose Fonte... This week, Jose Fonte. 
This week, Jose Font. This week, Jose Font became the first ever... I'm like a moth. Thought Andrea could do that. I'm like a moth. I land on Ronnie's eye. I could have landed on his ear. But I went for his cornea.